Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. Ah, feels good. Fun show today. A lot to get to, no doubt about that. Um, you know, it's unfortunate right now that Republicans are doing everything they can to keep gas prices high. Who said that? that? Well, Who said this that? Is, this is fascinating, man. To what the president, is going on? To the president, Joe Biden decided to shuffle out there and uh, give an address on the state of the economy right now oh. as part of, I guess, a closing message for the uh, midterm elections. And he says, you know what? If Republicans take over, they're going to crash the economy. Oh, my And all gosh. of us are looking around like, what are you talking about? Because it's not exactly like things are going great right now, Joe. <laughs> Maybe a clean slate would be better. I don't okay. know. All right. You ready for this guy? I don't know, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it's always fun, isn't it? And they're doing everything they can to get gas price. We're doing everything we can to keep gas prices down. The Republicans are against it all. Oh, my gosh. And it's all part of the trickle-down mentality that says it doesn't matter what's happening on Main Street as long as Wall Street's feeling good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? All right. What is he talking about? Now, you know what you know what the long-term goal is here, right? This is now seeding and saying, okay, when we get the news that you've had three successive quarters of negative growth, right, he's going to mm-hmm. be able to then parlay that into it's Republicans' fault after the midterm elections. That's yeah, what the Democrats are going to do. Like January of next year, they're going to be like, see, we, we were trying to turn this around, but uh, – the- People voted for Republicans, and boom, the economy went kaput. That's what they're going to try to do. Listen. Oh, my gosh. I think it comes down to this, man. We live in, well, there's one reality. But for a lot of people, it's two separate separate truths. In other words, you have some people in the country that are only going to get their news from legacy outlets. I saw this clip on The View yesterday. And I'm like, I'm not even bringing this to the show. Joy Behar going on about, and Republicans, they destroy the economy. They do it every time. Blah, blah, blah. And it's all these talking points that are just flat out 100% wrong. And all I can think is there's a group of people that are just going to believe exactly what they're told from the sources that they've always believed. That's just part of it. But if they live in the real world, how can they believe that? If they go to the grocery store, the gas station, how can you believe that? Because you have an outlet telling you the reason those prices are high are either because of Putin or they're because of the evil Republicans. Not sure which one's more evil, Putin or the GOP. Gosh, dang. Or or climate change. And they just tell them that and then they believe it. They don't do any research on that. So I guess that's just part of it. Joe doesn't know what he's doing anyway. They give him the talking points. Golly. And here, go out and say it. And the rest of us just kind of laugh. Like, we don't take this serious. No. And that's when he can actually read it. Okay? And we know he has problems with the teleprompter. You get him off script, and who knows what's going to happen. Oh, yeah. Well, like yesterday, one of the big stories in the midterm election cycle is that a lot of at-risk or competitive district Democrats 
uh, don't want Joe Biden to go campaign for them. We've seen that with Tim Ryan in Ohio mm-hmm. and elsewhere. Uh, do you know why they don't, David? Do you know why they don't? Why not? Because they want to win. Right. Well, yeah. <laughs> they, they, they know that if it's a competitive race, he is a drag on their campaign. Absolutely. Um, and so there are a lot of Democrats out there who are trying to say, well, I'm more of a centrist. And, I, well, I, you know, I push back against Joe Biden, even if I vote with the party 100% of the time. But I say things on television that mean I'm pushing back against him. Uh, anyway, uh, Joe was asked about this and the strategy of ignoring the president of the United States in an election year. And, I mean, you tell me what he said here. Okay. Roll it. Do you think they're making a mistake? No, they're by 16 there. I've already gone in for yet, and a lot more last. Another 20 or so. so I'm going to be going in. What? I don't know what that said. What, what did he say? <laughs> okay. The last part can, there? Can I'm going to be going in. Can I, can I hear the whole answer again? Because I'm running this through my Josetta Stone translator. Sure, man. That's always helpful. Do you think they're making a mistake? No, they're by 16 there. I've already gone in for yet, and a lot more last. Another 20 or so. I'm going to be going in. Holy smoke. Uh, there's been about 16 I've gone in for, and another 20, I think, whatever the other number was, have asked. Okay. There's about 16 I've gone in for. Yeah. Like I've gone and, and campaigned for twenty, you know. have asked. Nice, to, well played. Because man, seemed like I don't know where I don't. I'm I'm glad David's here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've I've volunteered in nursing homes, so I I know how to speak senile. Holy smoke! <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I don't know how much longer this is going to go on with him once the midterms are over. I mean, you're hearing the polling. From all these different states, right? It's Senate, it's House, it's governor's races. Um, the tide has really turned. And because all the predictions there were getting late summer, all the Dems are going to make this a race, the yeah. total momentum, and then it stalled. Why do you think it stalled, David? Well, I, well, one, I think when it's a theoretical poll, months away from an election itself and directly after a primary where a lot of people from respective parties were engaged, I think you have some discrepancies historically as to like what, what the midsummer poll may be versus what the actual results will be. There's always a discrepancy and it always tightens up. Um, and it always winds up getting, as you get closer to an election, it always winds up matching up to closer to what the actual result will be. Maybe not dead on, but closer because now people are really starting to think about their vote. The other thing is that while people have been pl- have been just crushed by gas prices, food prices, all of that stuff, the Democratic Party's main messaging has been all about abortion. Yep. And not even with abortion takes that most Democrats agree with. I right. mean, it's like way out on the edge. I mean, you have Stacey Abrams going out there and saying, well, the reason you're worried about gas prices and food prices because you got those kids. Should have just aborted them. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's terrible messaging. It is. There's no doubt about it. And the thing is, all right, follow me for a second. See, and if you, you don't think this is right, certainly call me out as we always do each other. When the whole row thing came down over the summer with the Supreme Court, the way legacy media treated it was the GOP wants to outlaw abortion everywhere. That was the big message they were trying to give to people, which was not true. 
it was it's going to go back to the states and let the states decide. And then you have different states talking about heartbeat bills. You had, you know, 12 weeks, 15 weeks. And then Lindsey Graham comes out and says, nationally, we should outlaw it after 15 weeks, except in rare cases. But the media kept lying about it. Mm -hmm. After a while, people catch up to understand what's really in play, possibly in their state. So while the Democrats think this is a messaging win for us, they didn't take that into account. Because then when people actually started asking people on the left, well, when when do you think it's okay to say, yeah, we shouldn't have any babies aborted after what time? No one would answer the question. And so I don't know that that issue is that big a deal. If you ask people the question, is is abortion, that issue important to you? There will be a lot of people to say yes for different reasons from the right and the left. But the way the Democrats have positioned it, in my opinion, hasn't done them any favors. And crime's a big issue. Well, yeah, and you've got to realize, too, that it's like number six in pecking order on things people are concerned about when they right. cast their vote. Yes. I mean, abortion isn't, doesn't even register in the top five. No. So, no, it really doesn't. As a matter of fact, man, I'll that, play you some audio. But that's the only card they can play. That's I'll, it. I'll play you some audio here in the next 10 to 15 minutes that ran on MSNBC. Did you know, just talking about crime, it's kind of rooted in racism. Oh, please. <laughs> okay. Please, just stop it. <laughs> Oh, and an update on a story uh, that we heard earlier this week, especially for you, Scott. Remember Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex? How could I forget? On her podcast, Respect Her Privacy, um, she was talking about her time as the briefcase girl or one of the briefcase girls on Deal or No Deal. Yeah, the Howie Mandel show. Thing. Yeah, it, yeah, and it, it, she was really troubled by it. Why? Well, I think we have the... Before the tapings of the show, all the girls, we would line up and there were different stations for having your lashes put on or your extensions put in or the padding in your bra. We were even given spray tan vouchers each week because there was a very cookie cutter idea of precisely what we should look like. It was solely about beauty. Of course it was. (laughs) That's why you were there. That's why you got the job. You didn't have to take a physics test to be a briefcase girl, you dope. Yeah. Well, is it you sir? got that? That's why they <laughs> hired you. What is wrong with you? Bitch about it now. <laughs> so demeaning. Well, there's an update on the story. God, this woman. All right, go ahead. Why? Patricia Cara, who's 50, uh, was on Deal or No Deal for its entire 2005 to 2009 run, mm-hmm. including all 34 episodes which Meghan Markle was on, uh, said there was no bra station. <laughs> That's a lie. Right. <laughs> absolutely no bra station. Are you kidding? So it's just funny to me that uh, it's another of one of these stories wasn't. that doesn't check out for yeah. her. Yeah, I just, I'm done with the whole, I was objectified. Well, well there's it, more from the podcast if you want. Oh, God. All right. Yeah, go. And not necessarily about brains. Uh, well, no. Time, I will never. You opened a briefcase for a living. Because moments before we'd get on stage, there was a woman who ran the show, and she would be there backstage, Remember? and I can still hear her. What'd she she couldn't properly pronounce my last name at the time, and I knew who she was talking to because she would go. Markel, suck it in. 
Markel, suck it in. I was thankful for the job, but not for how it made me feel. Oh. Okay, dude, this is some of the best unintended comedy you're ever going to run it's, across. That's really I, something. I read the story, but it took on new meaning when I heard her actually say this stuff. Which was not smart. And by the way, I was surrounded by smart women on that stage with me. But that wasn't the focus of why we were there. You believe that? It's always the victim. <laughs> always the freaking victim. And I would end up leaving with this pit in my stomach, knowing that I was so much more than what was being objective no, you're really not. on the stage. No, you're not. You're not more. You're I didn't less. like feeling forced to be all looks and little substance. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Okay. Just knock it off. Okay, before you open that brief, briefcase, Megan, tell yeah. me about your favorite 18th century French writer. Dude, I've only heard one person go off on yeah. this, Scott, more than you. And that was Megan Kelly. I'll bet she We're, did, too. Oh, my gosh. we got to get to that in the next half hour. Climb, climb, climber. <laughs> Everything climbs. Everything, yeah. And then David has a story of how much the college loan bailout is costing us. Straight ahead. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, big college bailout as far as the loans, David. Yeah. Okay, obviously the Democrat strategy was, hey, let's do this. Let's get some people excited to vote for us. We don't have a whole lot to say as far as accomplishments right now. Yeah. But if we give some people some money, maybe we can get some votes. But this hasn't turned out so good for them. Uh, uh, no. But we're starting to understand the price tag. Yeah, the Treasury Department said today that the federal budget deficit was 562% higher on a monthly basis compared with September 2021, largely reflecting the plan to forgive student loan debt. It'll uh, pay for itself. It'll pay for itself. But here's what they're here's how they're squaring that circle. Okay. Uh, over the fiscal year that ended last month, the federal budget deficit fell to $1.4 trillion. Or, I'm sorry, fell $1.4 trillion. If it fell to $1.4 trillion, we'd be <laughs> dancing in the street. Wow. Oh, no. Okay, so, no, but it fell $1.4 trillion, and that's basically because pandemic-era assistance programs have expired. But they're going to say, see, by paying for student loan debt, we have Cut the deficit by over a trillion dollars. <laughs> yeah, what planet does that make sense? Well, in, in the one where people don't read the fine print. Right. We spend $500 million, but we make money. No. You know how I've said this? I don't know how many times that I really believe that if every American actually knew what was going on. I mean, and some of us guess on some things that sometimes you're waiting for the truth to come out. But just a, an idea. A legit idea what's going on. They would vote in a certain direction much more often than they do. I truly believe that. I think that's why I'm hopeful, because it seems that more and more people are figuring it out. Remember, I'll switch gears. I'll give you an example. 
of the media living in a bubble. Remember after 2016? We got to get out of our bubble. We never saw the Trump thing coming. Oh, my goodness. Okay. (laughs) It's almost like a cell phone. Joe Scarborough, Morning Joe, listen to a part of a conversation. I try not to do that very often. Um, But Joe is, well, they're they're figuring it out in polling. Democrats are in trouble all over the place. But he mentions not from talking to people. It's from Democratic consultants. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the setup we're going to here is something that's racist. More on that in a second. The last couple of days in particular, Democratic consultants uh, from Oregon to New York State uh, in the near uh, near state of panic uh, yesterday in New York State, uh, we, we, we heard about a new poll showing uh, that the governor, Kathy Hochul, actually in trouble and, and congressional candidates concerned in close races across New York, that that's actually dragging them down. We've heard it in, in Wisconsin. Things are going Ron Johnson's way and uh, dramatically right now, according, again, to consultants. Pennsylvania has gotten really tight. Uh, the, the, the Republicans feel good about Georgia, feel good about Ohio, feel good about a lot of, lot of races there. Okay. So you get the idea. Just in the last few days. Okay, so we know crime's an issue. Mm -hmm. Okay, much more than abortion. We've known this for a long time. Sure. So that gets floated out there. And then you hear from Fordham University, the frequent guest, Christina Greer, that's going to remind you. It's a dog whistle is what that is. Democrats need to make sure that they can walk and chew gum at the same time. They have to, you know, we know that the fears of crime are just kind of latent subtext that have a, a racialized history in this country. Um, and so walking voters through the perception of crime and where there actually is crime. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, dude, it's between me and my doctor. I talked to my doctor. He said getting the hell beat out of you is bad for your health. <laughs> the best is after that happens, they bring on, I forget her name, but she was out talking to voters in Pennsylvania and black voters. So you got the suburbs, inner city, and they said crime is an issue. There's a huge uptick. Something has to be done. Right. So is that the racist dog whistle No. from the women in the inner city? No, people don't like getting shot at, it turns yes! out. Yes! And they're just catching up to this. It's unreal to me. Wow. Okay whole lot to get to um an fbi whistleblower another one to get to straight ahead Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right. Learned a lot today. Like if you bring up crime, you're racist. Okay. Let's learn something else now. Uh, there's a new form of Trump supporter. Uh, yeah. More than just MAGA? It's more than MAGA, and it's not ultra MAGA. Okay. Okay. It's it's even more. The president was talking about it today. How you know Republicans, if they win in the midterms, they're going to crash the economy. Like the economy isn't crashing in slow motion as we sit here today. 
Um, and he says, you know what? They're gonna they're gonna make sure that pharma gets record pro- uh, profits. The day after, that's what they've been doing. <laughs> what do you think? What are you talking about? What do you think has been happening with the COVID vaccine that you oh want to mandate? Gosh. Yes. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Because Joe is fighting big pharma with a sword. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's hear this. And they're going to raise big pharma's profits. They're doing fine, big pharma. They're not hurting at all. And they're going to raise your health insurance premiums. It's mega, mega trickle-down. Mega, mega trickle-down. The kind of policies that have failed the country before and will fail it again. <laughs> mega, mega trickle-down. I understand desperation, but that's comical. Mega, mega sounds awesome. He keeps hanging new awesome terms for people who voted for Donald Trump. Dude, I'm sure people are printing the T-shirts as we speak of Mega Mega. I know you got to you got to have something like I know there might be copyright issues, but you know the old Mega Man video game. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. you just got to have that. Except instead of a helmet, you've got to make America Great Again hat. <laughs> just Mega Mega. There's yes. a free idea if you make T-shirts for a living. Yes, you could put it to song. Yeah. Um, is that was it? Rock Me Amadeus. Mega, 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 mega. Mega, 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 mega. Trickle down. Mega, mega. Easy to get tongue-tied on that one. Yes, it is. I think we did okay, at least so far. All right. Boy, we got another FBI whistleblower. You know, I get excited about this. I see another story, and before I even do it, I know, David, you're going to say nothing's going to come of it. Nothing's going to come of it. Okay. All right. But at least we have people within the FBI coming out and going to the House Judiciary Committee uh, saying there's there's a lot of crap going on here. OK. Um, and one of the things that's happened is that we as agents are supposed to inflate the domestic terrorism numbers under the banner of white supremacy. Oh, yeah. OK. So, finally, uh, the top official is going to have to answer questions on this. Mm -hmm. Jill Sanborn, former assistant director of the FBI Counterterrorism Division and executive assistant director of the National Security Branch. Always these titles. Um, Different whistleblowers that have come out have accused her as one of the top officials that had been exerting pressure on the agents. Mm -hmm. And there's no doubt that's happening because we've been told before from the Department of Homeland Security, Secretary Alejandro the Dorcas Mayorkas, that white supremacy and domestic violent extremism is the greatest threat to the United States. The greatest. That's what he mm-hmm. said. And honestly, I mean this because I could have forgotten. Are there any sort of examples of this? Well, outside of, in their eyes, January 6th, uh, <laughs> Charlottesville five years ago. Okay. I mean, but, for a lot of people, that was like, okay, not down with that. Yeah. Uh, outside of that, did they kill a bunch of people? There was one person who was killed. Yes. 
But no, there, I, like like across the country since oh, no, that's happened. Ju- just this idea that there are marauding bands of white supremacists. No, not ones that are coalescing without the FBI's help, like the Gretchen Whitmer kidnapping yeah. plot. No, and we saw this with uh, under Trump with uh, the hate crime statistics. Remember, they love to throw out, oh, my gosh, they've had X number of uh, hate crime reports out there. You dig into the numbers, ignore the headlines, and actually look at the numbers, and you're talking about people who called the police because they thought they were called a bad name. No investigation, no prosecution, much less convictions. And so it's basically taking people's word for it. Oh. So the mass amount of murders that we've seen in big cities across the country, record numbers Mm -hmm. in a lot of cities, that's not the greatest threat. It's the white supremacy, the extreme nationalist, whatever. That's what we're supposed to believe. Well, there's nothing there. So, of course, hey, we got to put everything under the umbrella of this extremism. And this is our biggest threat. They're going to blow that open. I'm looking forward to that. And you wonder how many people actually believe that. I don't remember seeing any polling on that. No. Like, do you believe that white supremacy is the biggest threat to the United States? I can't believe there are a whole lot of people that actually buy that. It's a lot of people. Even Democrats. It's a lot of people who watch way too much CNN, basically. Yeah, I mean, I'm I related to somebody who is actually afraid for his safety going to a polling place. Saying, like, well, I'm going to have a knife on me just in case things go haywire. Like, you do realize if you get caught with that, that you could be going to jail, right? <laughs> like, that there's no... Okay, what, what does the person think is going to happen at the polling place? They they actually are believe that there's just going to be a bunch of proud boys and oath keepers at every polling station. Oh, my goodness. What do you say to that person? I say, knock it off. <laughs> no, I really say it's going to be okay. And, yeah, this was a conversation I had a couple months ago with this person. And, and, I, and the thing is, this, this individual is a, is a smart person. I, not a dumb person at all. Very accomplished in a professional career, uh, but is convinced that there are going to be white supremacist organizations at every polling location. And... I don't. I I said it's going to be okay, and he says, "Well, well, convince me. How do you think it's going? To, have you been watching the January six hearings? Oh, okay, but that's oh, wow. what that's what media is doing. That's what many left wing media outlets are doing. They're they're right. scaring the living daylights out of people, convincing them that every polling place they go to, they're going to be met with some white supremacist militia guy." Wow, and, man. Like, legitimately <laughs> I mean, convinced. Not, in a way, it's not funny. I'm sorry, dude. Golly. Okay. At the same time, um, April Ryan is saying people don't realize how special we journalists are. Yeah, remember? Oh, God. <laughs> See, they all think that. I mean, I swear to you, they all do. Remember April Ryan? She's the reporter who got famous because former Trump press secretary uh, Sean Spicer was rude to her once. Yes. And then the rest of the media made it all about race. Remember, we talked about this at the time, and I was blown away because he talked to her and Trump talked to her and everybody else the exact same way that they talked to everybody else in the media, which wasn't nice a lot of times. Obviously, that was kind of their brand. They were going to punch back. They were going to fight back. That's what they did. 
Um, and even he had even gone head to head against uh, what's her name, uh, Kristen Welker on NBC News. Yeah, who's also a woman of color, but nobody else in the media said anything about it. It was only when April Ryan got targeted. Well, that's different. Why is that? Well, you know what the rule is. She is a woman of color, different color than Welker. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you can't do that. Right. You, you just can't. Anyway, yeah, she, she is only famous because she's black and got yelled at once. That's what gave her a national platform. That's probably true. Uh, but I mean, it, she's honestly, dude, she's never been very good at her job. Right. Uh, she was on The View yesterday. Uh, of course she was. Uh, and just listen to this question and answer. This is amazing. Okay. How did you balance in that environment, A, not making yourself the story, but then also what advice do you give to aspiring journalists oh my in an environment that can be very hostile to press? You know, it's a totally different era now. You know, when I started learning this craft mm-hmm. of journalism at Morgan State University, we learned about, you know, ask the questions, you know, get the answers, make sure you check your sources, et cetera, et cetera. They didn't tell me that I needed a combat hat and a, a shield when I went into the White House, you know. Right. It is, and, and really, you're seeing reporters. What? What is she talking about? Uh, there, again, I don't want to make it about me, but let me make it about me. Exactly. Like there's never been any hostility between one of my favorite stories in presidential history. I think it was LBJ and it was a New York Times reporter. They're at Camp David. LBJ actually was driving up in a car, tells the reporter, get in. Reporter gets in. LBJ drives away just a little bit down the road, gets out, gets in front of the car, takes a dump wipes his butt with the newspaper and said, that's what I think of your reporting. <laughs> and that's one of the tamer examples of LBJ, LBJ versus the media. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like, no. And so you get mad because Sean Spicer raised his voice at you. You are such a weak human being that she needs a combat helmet. Okay. All right. We're so important though. Journal, we're, we're important. Okay. I was learning when I was honing my craft. <laughs> yes. I mean, usually April Ryan, her old trick has been any any subject, she has to frame yeah. it around race, right? Oh, yeah. That's usually been the thing, yeah. like asking about racist transportation and crap like that. Anyway, go ahead. Oh, it is, and, and really, you're seeing reporters under attack now. Mm-hmm. It's a different day because it's about an ideology that is pushing the press, the First Amendment, down. Yeah. And the problem is the American public, unfortunately, has not taken a mass lesson on civics to understand that we are part of the equation. Okay. Uh, If you want to cleanse the palate, as they say. A little earlier, we had the audio of Meghan Markle talking about how she was a victim. Oh, yeah. uh, when she was on Deal or No Deal as the briefcase girl. Yeah. And she she hated the way it made her feel because uh, it, it was all about beauty. It was nothing about brains. <laughs> okay. Now, if you want to hear a female-on-female takedown, okay, from someone talking common sense, that would be Megyn Kelly. Oh, and as I mentioned before, the two people that are more irritated – by Meghan Markle than anybody else I know. Scott Robinson, it seems Meghan Kelly. Yeah, we agree with each other there, yes. Uh, Because as she starts talking about this, first of all, as far as she was objectified as the briefcase girl, the Duchess. Yeah. 
Uh, here's Megan Kelly. First, the laughable notion that she did not know what she was getting herself into when she took a job in which one's only mission is to look tan, wear false eyelashes, and wear a skimpy, shiny dress while opening a suitcase. As if she was shocked, shocked to find out that suitcase number 24 did not actually have the nuclear codes in it, which needed her deciphering. I thought that was a funny Great line. line. It's pretty good. It's always true, too. And she thought, she's trying to con it. Right now, she's trying to con people. Well, what she, she is, is trying to con us on now is whether she enjoyed it. She loved every minute of it. She wanted to be objectified. She wanted the adulation, just like she still wants it to this day. I knew yes. You, I knew yes. You, yes. I knew you'd love this. Once a climber, always a climber. And the way to get there before everything starts to sag... But why now? Why still wanting the publicity? The princess of privacy is actually desperate. <laughs> yes. Desperate for publicity. To be noticed. To matter. In a way she never did while suitcase girl number 24 or while acting on the cable show Suits. And the way you know, the way you know she never really minded the objectification that now <laughs> makes her such a victim is by what she did after Deal or No Deal. In her podcast... She stoically says, I quit after a year. And I didn't know this part of the story until Megan Kelly said this. Things were so rough. All the opening and closing and opening and closing. <laughs> Sometimes the little suitcase latch must have gotten stuck. Can you imagine? Anyway, what did she do after she fled this horrible, objectifying job? Did she run for Senate? Go to law school? Volunteer at a senior citizen facility? No. She started a website in which she posted half-naked pictures of herself to celebrate her before then going to work on suits in which she regularly appeared in her underwear. <laughs> so why then does she want the attention? And this is the last part. Because it's more important to her to be a victim. The same theme of every single one of her podcasts and of her life. See, I can relate, too, because the evil woman at Deal or No Deal told me to suck my stomach in. The job was to be a model. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot more to that. Well, yeah. thing. Sometimes the common sense of it is just refreshing. Uh, Dr. Joe Biden says Hunter's innocent. Really? That and much more coming up. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. So Dr. Jill Biden is talking about Hunter, David? Yeah, an interview with NBC. Uh, she says, yeah, the prospect of Hunter Biden being investigated doesn't phase her. She said, this is quoting from the article, she's not deterred by another vitriolic campaign or the prospect of Republican-led investigations into her family. Should the GOP win control of Congress in the midterm elections? And she was adamant that Hunter Biden, who's under, in federal, who's under federal investigation right now, has broken no laws. She said, <laughs> quote, everybody and their brother has investigated Hunter. They keep at it and at it and at it. I know that Hunter is innocent. I love my son, and I will keep looking forward. Oh. 
Well, okay. he, he did lie on it. I love him, but yes, he lied. It's all there. I mean, the, the the firearms charge is kind of an open and shut case. If you lie on one of those forms, then you've broken the law. Yes. My son? You're not my mom, Jill. <laughs> oh, that's right. He called her the big bad one, right. the big yes, C one. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't exactly think it was mom, mom and her very much. Yeah. <laughs> Because I forget the exact circumstances, but he, yeah, he doesn't like her very oh, much. Oh, no. Gosh, no. 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 But uh, because that was in the laptop. That was one thing that I can honestly say, you know what? I, I'm with you, Hunter. Yeah, I get that one. Yeah, people are related to him on that one. I don't think there's any doubt about that. If he would have left it alone there, he'd be fine. <laughs> he had to keep going. <laughs> What a crazy time to be alive. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Oh, I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. I think we know the new talking points from the left now with the midterms. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're hearing it today. Everybody is racist. Yeah. It, it, and that that isn't a huge departure from Democratic Party politics anyway, but uh, but it's really coalesced, especially around crime. And, well, if you just vote for any of these, what Joe Biden is now calling mega, mega Republicans. I guess. I don't know why he keeps hanging kick-ass nicknames on us, but I appreciate it. Mega, 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 mega. <laughs> I mean, that, that is a pretty good one, man. They're going to raise your health insurance premiums. Uh-huh. Who's that? It's mega, mega, trickle-down. <laughs> mega, mega, trickle-down. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like a new lottery game. <laughs> now. <laughs> mega, mega. Yeah. Got it. Uh, well, what are we here now? If you bring up crime at all? Yeah. You're racist. We had a clip of that, well, earlier. There's someone else saying that? Yeah, well, uh, the DA in Philadelphia, Larry Krasner. He's terrible. Yeah, another one of those guys. Yeah. Uh, Says, yeah, I mean, if you're pointing out crime in these big cities like Philadelphia, well, obviously that's rooted in racism. Okay. (laughs) On MSNBC on Morning Joe. Yeah. Okay. They actually talked about one of their reporters going to the inner city, talking to people and women bringing up the crime has risen so much. We want something done about it. So those women of color are racist for not just taking their beatings and having their things stolen and just smile about it. That what are they supposed to do? Apparently. Well, here's Larry Krasner talking today. Okay. About this. Those of you in the press are students of history. You're aware of the Southern strategy. What we see here is the same old playbook, which is about coded and racist messaging. It's about blaming the biggest city in Pennsylvania with the most diverse population for having 
the same national struggle that we have with gun violence everywhere, and even having increases that are less than the committee's counties. Well, okay, man. Okay, that's the DA of Philly. Yes. I can pick up this conversation from MSNBC if you want, where they're actually talking about crime in Pennsylvania and that, how that's a big Democrats, deal. When I was in Washington, when I'm in New York, uh, when, when I'm in other parts of the country, they're not saying, hey, let's talk politics. They're all talking about crime. Hey, did you hear there was a shooting and such and such? Yesterday, Mika got a call from somebody in Washington, you know, uh, connected uh, with a powerful Democrat. Her house was broken into uh, all, you know, it, uh, it, 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 you just stop stuttering and stammering and stop with your racist greed. Talking about crime that way, Joe? I just, it's so, it's bizarre. I'm hearing a different story every day. And when people are talking about crime, they're not connecting it to the election. They're just saying, my God, things are getting really bad here. So again, the irony is in 2020, Republicans had this vapid slogan, defund the police, that, that weirdos and freaks and a couple of city councils actually tried to implement into law, but national Democrats didn't. <laughs> Golly, man. It's all the revisionist history, too. Dude, I mean, so Joe Biden didn't come out and explicitly use the phrase defund the police, but he was being uh-huh. interviewed by an activist on the campaign trail who was talking about reallocating funds away from the police, which is defund the police. And he said, yeah, we can do that. And come the vice on, president man. was all about it. Oh, she yeah. helped collect money for the people that were breaking the law. To bail them out of jail. Yep. You can't run from it, dude. It's on you. And so I guess by the DA in Philly's own report card, yeah. Joe is racist. Right. Well, no, I mean, I, I just want to remind anybody who's saying that of this audio clip from a couple of years ago when the chaos was really beginning in Philadelphia. It's a woman oh, dude. begging the uh, cops to come back. Yep. And the, the DA of Philadelphia is telling this woman, one of his own constituents, that she, a black woman, is apparently racist for saying, we need help. Yeah. Here's this audio, man. I mean, it is just, it is so sad. It's, it's sad every time, man. Whenever it decides to play. Yeah. It's racist. We're watching what we put together fall apart in a matter of minutes. We need some security on this land now, not tomorrow, not later. But I need you to get somebody down here to protect it so they won't go back in it. I mean, are you really going to look at her? Are you going to look at mothers, sisters, fathers, brothers who are burying teenagers and in some cases, even more tragically, little kids caught in the crossfire. Are you really going to look at them and say, hey, anyone who notices your plight is racist? How is wanting to save black lives racist? Well, if you're a white liberal like Krasner, you've done the work, see? (laughs) And that makes you educate. No, it's absolutely nonsensical. That's how desperate these people are. And it also shows something else. They're bad freaking people. They're bad people. It's not, well, we just, you know, differ with our politics on this. No, they're bad people. That guy that can get out there 
what he's done to that city and say, you're talking about crime and you people in the media talking about crime, that's rooted in racism. Up yours. It's offensive that he thinks he can get away with it, that people are too stupid to come to their own conclusions. No. no. I mean, it really, it really is something. But, dude, it doesn't take geniuses with a master's degree to figure out if you keep talking about defunding the police and you've got police forces all over the place that are half of what they were a few years ago, that the crime rate is not going to go through the roof. Everybody knew it was going to happen. And now they're saying, well, if you bring it up, you're racist. Screw you. Get him out. And what? And we're also being told that this election is about racism? Yeah. Well, this is on MSNBC, Joy Reid's show. She talked to a guy <laughs> named Stuart Stevens. Stuart Stevens, you may have seen him or heard of him. He's part of that uh, pedophile protection project, a.k.a. the Lincoln Project. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. that group of bitter old drunks and sex offenders who said they left the Republican Party because Trump was uncouth. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, anyway, here's the clip. Okay. You've now created a narrative inside the Republican Party that all elections are suspect. And anyone who votes any other way but election day is suspect. It, 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 that means that we are all in danger just going to the polls. Yeah, I mean, look, uh, the reality is that no one in the history of sports ever tried to change the rules of a game they were winning. Um, there's a reason Republicans are doing this, and that is because they're trying to reduce the number of people who can vote, and they self-select the number of people that can vote. And it is a... No, just stop it, man. You got away with a lot during the 2020 election because of the pandemic, and people said, we're not going to keep doing that. That's what you're referring to. Critical process on the way to an autocracy to develop a legal theory that will support it. It all goes back to on January 6th, this was all about race. All of the areas that they talked about having suspicious votes were Atlanta, oh, yeah. Detroit, all about Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, and it, it was just an, another yes. effort to deny uh, African-Americans uh, oh, yes. a, a way to, to express themselves, to vote, to participate in American experiments. You know what? You're right. Golly. Brilliant thinking. It couldn't possibly have something to do with the fact that Philadelphia in particular has had a lengthy history of political shenanigans, including just this year. Former U.S. congressman and Philadelphia political operative pleads guilty to election fraud charges. <laughs> like it, That's from the Justice Department. It does happen. <laughs> Election denier, <laughs> David. These people are ridiculous. Yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't help but there was a hint of Sheldon Whitehouse there. <laughs> oh, buddy. Uh, did see this, David. Uh, well, you brought it to the table. Um, and I just want to say that sometimes when Scott has brought this idea up before, I'm saying, man, it's a free country. If you want to give your kid a name, you should be able to give him a name. But Scott has always wanted a review board to make sure a name is okay. You know, I'm not for big government interference, generally speaking. Mm -hmm. But I don't want you to start your child out in the walk of life with an O2 count. So by some... naming them something that doesn't exist, that's just a figment of your imagination, you just made up a tablecloth. Or... <laughs> <laughs> How did you know my son's middle name? <laughs> right. And so we would just put a board of, of sober-minded people together, <laughs> and you would submit the names, and we would say yay or nay on it. And we, we, wouldn't, take, we wouldn't pick a name for you. We'd just send you back. you got to go back, come up with something else. And if after the third time you were rejected, we name the child.
His name is going to be Sam. shots at this. What was the one a few years ago? Somebody named their kid Twerky? Yeah, because... Twerky. Yeah. <laughs> but states actually are banning certain baby names, David? Yeah, and apparently this has been on the books for a while. I just saw this on Fox News, and it, I, it's just kind of funny to me. And I thought of Robbins immediately. Because in the state of California, remember Elon Musk's child was whatever it was, XAEA12, whatever. I mean, I forget how you're supposed to actually pronounce it. But California threw a fit because they're like, we can't put this on a birth certificate. And uh, like in California, for example, there are, you cannot name a child uh, with more than 26 characters in the English alphabet. Uh, There's a ban on pictographs, emojis, and obscene or derogatory names. Yeah. That being said, apparently, if you're living out of state, it would be great to send your child to California to, so the child can get a sex change without parental consent. Right. Very, then can they change their name? The, right. Then can they right. change their name? Yeah, I mean, right, I think this exactly. is very emoji-phobic, if you ask right. me. I think so, too. In, in Georgia, uh, you they prohibit uh, symbols, including accents and baby names. Uh, New York, 30-character limit for first and middle names. 40-character limit for last names. Uh, in Ohio, uh, you cannot use numbers in names, but you can have hyphens, apostrophes, and spaces in names. But that's my middle name. It's seven. You Without the V, it's just the number seven. You have to spell it out. <laughs> Gosh darn it. If you spell it out, you're okay. Okay. <laughs> but I used the seven as the V. Jamie it's in there. seven. Yes. It's okay, I'm joking. And then that. your son is eight. <laughs> <laughs> and so it goes. <laughs> Honestly, new singer in a band that went by seven. No doubt. <laughs> I'm not joking. Okay, we got to get the TikTok. They're harvesting your data, really. And John Fetterman's wife bails him out. David with audio next. Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. David Van Camp, he's the millennial and the sexy boomer. Scott Robbins. Hey, did you guys get that funny video I sent you on TikTok? No. Which one? I didn't see it. I don't send anything on TikTok. It's a trick question. My daughter does all the time, and I very rarely open them. She well, sends me TikTok stuff all the time. Go ahead, David. Floor's yours. Well, the uh, team at uh, TikTok's parent company, ByteDance, based out of China... Uh, well, they're using that app to monitor the personal location of some specific American citizens. The app. I don't have the app. You're not, you're not, well, it doesn't really matter if you open that website. Gosh, damn. Yeah. It, <laughs> there, there's a, a way in. Uh, Forbes actually had the story, uh, where the team behind the monitoring project is led by a Beijing-based executive who reports to the co-founder and the CEO of the company. And in at least two cases that they know of, the internal audit team also planned to connect, or I'm sorry, collect TikTok data about the location of a U.S. citizen who had never had an employment relationship with the company. It's unclear whether or not that was actually collected, but the fact that they greenlit the plan to do it is very concerning because it proves that they can do it. And Mm -hmm. this is substantially different than what Facebook or even Uber have been accused of 
in the past, namely because you're talking about a company that is connected and, for all intents and purposes, controlled by a hostile foreign government. Yes, people don't pay attention. I know, to it. and people think I'm crazy. I, my sister I thinks I'm crazy when I say, "Listen, this is a Chinese spy app." Well, they're just collecting data, like Facebook, Twitter. No, 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 no. It, it's not as it's not just like that. Bulk data collection is a serious issue that mm-hmm. you should pay attention to and care about. But this is actually about understanding where you, as an individual, are and tracking where you, as an individual, may be. Correct. Yeah, there's been blowback from my kids on no TikTok. Yeah. I think everybody's used to it now. And then once you're out of the house, do whatever you want. You want to be stupid, be stupid. But there's no need. But the videos are really funny. Oh, yeah. You can't find a funny video anywhere else? It it really is a brilliant idea on the part of China. Oh, they're not dumb. Have this, you know, really fun short video app that everybody uses, all the young people want to use and all of that stuff. Okay. Well, then, as far as just addiction goes, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've read the different pieces, why TikTok is even more addictive than the other platforms. Well, part of it's the autoplay video function, as I understand it, because the videos are they're so short, and then immediately yeah. they're moving you on to the next one. So mm-hmm. there's always new content coming across your screen. Yes. And then you just subconsciously, the next time you pick up your phone, you just want to see it again. Yep. The old loop. Okay, David, you had some audio. John Fetterman's wife bailed him out. Yeah, it's kind of hard to hear the audio, but you can just a a little bit here. But I'll translate what she says. John Fetterman met with the president yesterday. After the president spoke, a reporter tried to get Fetterman to answer a question about infrastructure, which is why they were there. And And he said, (laughs) And Fetterman's wife, Giselle, Uh stopped him from answering. Oh, okay. Mr. Fetterman, are, are you satisfied with the progress of the bridge? We're not here to do interviews. We're here to celebrate. Oh. I see the Said old Dr. Jill Biden Jr. Yeah. polls flipping there. Oh yeah. People well, can see that, man. Yeah. He can't answer that question. We're not here to do that. Just to no. celebrate. Oh, did, did you hear also, because people are going after this whole ableist thing, if you question the fact that, yes. you know, John Fetterman had a stroke and maybe he's not up for the task of being United States senator. Well, on the flip side, the New York Times has a piece about Herschel Walker's yeah, his mental, health. mental health issues in the past. And they say, he says he's gotten over it. Experts say it's not that simple. So now it's okay. Okay. <laughs> but a guy that actually goes out and says... And the Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. No, he's fine. Yes, he's going to get over that quick. Good. Okay, got it. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robin show. All right, if you had to pick one story as the biggest of the day so far, David. Oh, man, uh, so many things to pick uh, or to choose from. Uh, I really do think uh, the big story is that Joe Biden is continuing to say that somehow Republicans are going to crash the economy if, in fact, they win in the midterm elections, as if the economy isn't already on fire. It's real desperation. They're, they're going to wreck it. It's going to be them. And if you bring up crime, you're racist. Okay? Yeah. And yes, every kid should get vaccinated. Yeah, because, yeah, because we said so. Yeah, I can't imagine why they're losing touch with the common voter. My body, my choice. Only works one way. Mm-hmm. Um... Man, oh man, a couple of pieces of audio you don't want to miss. Straight ahead.
Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay. It's a lot going on, man. And you feel the tide turning. Yeah. I mean, we've talked about this a few times, and David, I know you brought it up. You'd be looking at a Republican governor in Oregon. Who would have wow. predicted that a year ago? <laughs> I mean, not a whole lot of people. Because the Democrats have done a great job. I can't believe that they would even consider. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a debate the other night between the Republican candidate, Christine Drazen. She was calling out the Democratic opponent, Tina Kotek. Because you've probably seen this in all parts of the country. People that were all about defunding the police are all of a sudden saying, we support the police. Right. And, you know, a lot of Republicans or honest people in the media are not going to let people get away with that, depending on what media you're talking about. Um, but this was Christine Drazen during that debate. You know, Tina Kotek is the original defund the police candidate. She <laughs> did not support police even when rioters were attacking a police station. It's stunning to me that she would talk now like she supports law enforcement. I will support law enforcement. As governor, I will fully fund state police. And she goes on from there. Mm -hmm. But And that's part of what you got to do is just call it out. No, 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 no. This is what you are all about. Oh, yeah. Now, the memo we're getting today from the left is, oh, by the way, if you bring up crime, you're racist. Right. Isn't that something, how that changed overnight? And again, it begs the question, so yep. people that are robbed or shot, you're just supposed to take it? Yes. What? According to who? That's not the way it works. Just lay down, take it, mm -hmm. or you're racist. Um, no, we're not going to do that. Um, David, let's talk about uh, the strategic reserves. Yeah. Okay, we've dipped into it plenty to save Americans on gas. Of course, we've also taken part of it and sold it to China. Yeah. Um, but this is interesting because you have some history on this. Yeah, well, Joe Biden has run down the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to its lowest level in four decades. Uh, and now he's talking about restocking it for 70 to $80 a, ba a barrel. Now, Trump tried to do that when it was $25 a barrel because the oil market had completely bottomed out in 2020 thanks to coronavirus-related shutdowns. Mm -hmm. So uh, he was saying, hey, this is actually a really good deal. We should actually buy a bunch of it right now. And never forget, though, as, as media is saying, hey, you know, $70 a barrel, that's a pretty good deal for the president. <laughs> Dealmaker-in-chief right there. Never forget how Democrats and media talked about what Trump wanted to do when oil prices were rock bottom. Roll it. Oregon Senator Jeff Merkley says taxpayers shouldn't have to pay for this. Donald Trump would like to pursue federal aid to shale oil companies. We won't come together around a bailout for oil companies. The Fed should not be using its $4 trillion slush fund to bail out failing fossil fuel companies. A bailout might be in the works for the oil industry. I've been thinking about the politics <laughs> of bailing out oil companies. How likely is it that President Trump will step in and perhaps bail out the oil industry? The fear that this coronavirus crisis will lead to a kind of doubling down on, say, fossil fuels. In fact, there's already talk about a bailout for the oil industry. Yeah. Not a bailout. It's called getting a good deal. And, yeah, it might it would help the oil industry, which lost billions of dollars in, in mm -hmm. 2020. And that's not a bad thing either to prop them up. 
because we kind of freaking need them still. Absolutely. Well, did you see well, we have, what, 25 days left of diesel fuel? 25? Yeah. That's what they're saying today. U.S. has just 25 days of diesel supply, the lowest since 08. Hmm. Brian D. said it's unacceptably low. Brian Deese, all options, the economic advisor to the White House, all options are on the table. (laughs) Okay, I just think about what's one more crisis, huh? (laughs) Come on. With this story, your own family budget, when it's something you know you're going to need, and all of a sudden the price is half of what it was, and you can buy a supply that's going to last you an extended amount of time, if you have the money, you usually do it. Yeah. If all of a sudden I could get like a crate of uh, 500 diapers for $200, right. I'd do it today. Right. For my this kids, by the way. Just, <laughs> I should probably point that out. I got two little kids at home. <laughs> not not yes, me personally needing these diapers. Just right. put them in the backyard, throw some tarp over it. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, honestly, you heard how media treated that story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, And that's probably why the failing New York Times poll says what it says. As far as most people see media as a threat to democracy. Yeah. This is astounding. It is actually uh, really astounding. And this includes now a majority of Democrats, of Biden voters, who say that it is a threat to democracy. Talking about mainstream media. Registered voters, they break it down this way. Major threat to democracy, minor threat to democracy, not a threat to democracy. 59% of registered voters say major threat to democracy. That includes 80% of Republicans, 38% of Democrats, and 53% of independents. Minor threat to democracy, 32% of Democrats say, yep. So that's where I get the majority say it is some form of threat. 15% of Republicans say minor threat. And uh, 30% of independents say minor threat to democracy. I mean, so when you see 15% overall of Americans, according to this New York Times-Siena poll, 15% say, no, it's not a threat to democracy. That tells you something. Now, Democrats and Republicans are probably thinking of different media outlets when they answer that question. I would guess so, yeah. Uh, But at the same time, I mean, I think it really does paint this picture of how much that industry as a whole has just lit itself on fire. And part of it is something you had brought up, and I don't remember who you were talking about, Jamie, but about the idea of experts just destroying their own credibility because experts don't actually go out and do anything. There had been a – there was a video of an ecologist, I think, in uh, Australia who Mm -hmm. did field research, like was actually out in the field doing it. And he says the biggest problem with scientists these days is that they're not actually going out into the field and doing anything. A lot of times in some sciences, they're just writing and reading peer-reviewed papers. And so there's this vicious cycle of people just affirming what they've already believed. And anybody who's on the outside of that club who has a breakthrough, it's very hard for them to get into that club because they don't have the credentials that academics value. And the same thing could be said for media. I mean, how many people on CNN or MSNBC or even the New York Times or anywhere else, and I'll I'll include Fox News in this too, um, how many of them have 
actually worked as a local news reporter. And I don't mean somebody reading a teleprompter. I mean somebody who's spent hours going to a school board meeting or going to a city council meeting or whatever. It's a great question. They don't know. Their exposure to politics is going to cocktail parties with Mm -hmm. the people they're supposed to be covering objectively. And so they don't actually have a real sense of what policies work and how they only base their opinions based off of theory. I totally get where you're coming from. Yep. And the biggest part of this before we move on is that I understand depending on, you know, who has the White House at a given time usually means the people that are answering a poll like this will side one way or another as far as the media. In other words, Republicans aren't nearly as much to say a major threat to democracy when someone that they voted for is in power. It's still high, but not as much. But man, when you look at the independents, mm-hmm. and it's over 50% say the mainstream media is a major threat to democracy. And another 30% says, well, it's a minor threat. 83%? Wow, man. And that makes me really happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I know media is freaking out about this. Why don't they trust this? Because you blew your trust with people. You lied to them. And, man, if you haven't figured out yet how you've lied to them, you really shouldn't be in the gig because you're dumb. You just took marching orders. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure your journalist professor is very proud. Okay, moving on. Yeah, and that well, there's person, another story that you wanted to get to. Your journalist professor is actually, or on average, your journalism professor is actually just a failed journalist. Yes, that's the other thing about. I don't mean Man, to dig that on anybody. Spot on, right? It there. really is in a lot yes. of different fields, dude. Yes. They never made it. Yeah, <laughs> now they're teaching it. <laughs> it's unreal. Great. You had another story to get to, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, David. it's on inflation. I think this is a little bit funny. So the International Monetary Fund a little while ago put out a forecast for inflation across major countries and regions in the United States, showing that inflation probably will cool off at some point next year. Cool off being a relative term. You're talking about maybe around 5% as opposed to 8 9%, 10% in the United States. Now, Democrats are actually bragging about this, saying that Joe Biden's uh, plan is working. And there are a couple of things that they miss here, because one of the reasons why inflation is being is going to probably curtail a little bit next year is because uh, is because there's going to be this thing called a recession, uh, a big recession. Uh, And which is right now what the Fed is trying to do. It's trying to have like sort of a, a mild recession, drive the car into the ditch as opposed to over the cliff by raising interest rates and dissuading people from making sizable investments and spending money. Um, and so, so that's actually not great news. The other thing is, and I've talked about this before, it's a fun little trick of math that happens with inflation because inflation was so wildly out of control this year, next year, it is still going to be out of control, but relative to this year, it's going to look like it came down because you measure it year (laughs) over year. So the, so just. I'm not using the, act, the, the, the numbers. I'm just using this as, a, uh, as an example. Let's say that last year I sold Scott Robbins a Funko Pop figurine for a dollar. Okay. And then this year I sold it to him for $10. And he's like, the markup on this is crazy. It went up $9. Mm-hmm. Well, next year I charge him $11. And he says, well, that's a pretty good deal. That's <laughs> because it only went up $1 no, as opposed right. to $9. Yeah. yeah. That's basically what Democrats are preparing to brag about yes. moving into next year. 
Yeah, it sounds like insurance premiums. Every yeah. year you find out you're paying more. Right. But you're told it's great news because it hasn't increased as much as it has before. Right, exactly. Oh, well, thanks. That's fantastic. Uh, on a lighter note, uh, this was going around online, things that guys are just sick and tired of being judged for. Mentioned this briefly before. Okay. Is there anything that comes to mind for you, Scott? Is it like men what that wear a hat to work every day? Being ju- now I get judged for that. I no. don't think. I don't think. Not, not on this show. Other people no. in the building, maybe. Well, I don't care. Yeah, I don't know. That's the good thing with um, any of these things. Why would you care? Yeah. I don't think they're judging me for that anyway. Um, I don't know. Like, do you feel like you get judged for liking scented stuff? Like, you've liked your oils? I think you judge me for it. Not yeah. at all, man. You be no, you. No, I've you, always no, said that. No, you don't. You, know, you paint me into the corner all I, the time Dude, do you, did you like the oils? Oh, blankies, kitties, oils. Hold Come on, on man. You, you do have... it all the time. See, I think we could do some real work here. <laughs> no, we can't. Do you have blankies on your couch? Yes. You yeah. do? Okay. And sometimes when you get cold, you put the blankie on Why did, your legs. Yeah, it's a blanket. Blankies. Okay. See how okay. you do that? That's how you do it. Okay, you do a blanket. It. I didn't say That's it right. I said blankie. It. Okay. okay. All right. You like essential oils? I do. Okay. And you, it's nice for you. And sometimes you like to watch... I don't know, whatever girly show it is, The Bachelor or something like that. You've watched that. I'm not saying I haven't watched it. Right. I'll admit that. Yes. And you like to have your kitty cats on your lap. They're, they're, my cats occasionally will rest on my lap. Yes. Okay. What box am I painting you into? Oh, All that on. stuff is fact. Blankies, kitty I'm not, cats. I'm not judging you for <laughs> That's, it. Okay. You, okay. Well, I'm judging you for the Michael Jackson wall art, but. Well, you can judge me all you want. I That's okay. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. Sounds like there you care. go. But no. there is something you care about, and then we'll be done with this. What? They didn't mention on this list because they talked about tired of non-manly hobbies and other things like that or ordering a girly drink. One of the things is, like, if you're over the age of 50 and you buy a sports car that you've always wanted mm-hmm. and you said you couldn't do it because you'd look like that guy. Right. Why do you care? Because that's oh, I, one of the things that got brought up was, mm. hey, what if it's a person that always wanted to drive this car and they could never afford it and now they can? Why shouldn't they be able to drive it? Who cares if people go, midlife crisis? I went through that phase and, and I couldn't afford it then, but I did anyway. But I'm not going to do it again, no. Dude, it was just within the last couple of years you said you wanted, what was it? Was it the new Camaro? I, like, I do like the new, yeah, I do like the new Camaros, yeah. Why but I'm not, not going to buy one, no. Okay, see? Because i got to pay for my kitties, my blankies, and my essential oils. <laughs> we got to get to a news update. Oh, and set you up with a Friday 5. It's going to be a lot of fun. Straight ahead right here. Robin Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Uh, so Oprah Winfrey has decided to step into the ring again to uh, campaign for Stacey Abrams, noted conspiracy theorist and insurrectionist. The timing. I wondered where Oprah was with all of this. Yeah. Uh, and she says that the race in Georgia is the one that keeps her up at night. But she did it virtually. She didn't fly to Georgia. Well, COVID and all. COVID? 
Private plane? I'm just saying. It on. keeps you up at night, but not so much that I will appear in person. I'll, yeah, this uh, is, you know. Fascinating. Yeah, it is fascinating. I just don't have time this time. No. She's still got the same sort of yank she had before. I mean, she hasn't been on TV for years. I don't think so. I don't either. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. The people still don't get it. <laughs> Remember when there was talk of her running for president? Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Of course. Anyway, um, big Senate race, of course, in Pennsylvania with Dr. Oz and John Fetterman. And it's back and forth. And there's all of this talk of if you bring up the fact that Fetterman had a stroke and says odd things at times. Like, and the Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. That's certainly one that's gotten a lot of attention well, on this show. Um, well, you're ableist. You you can't bring up something like that. It's nope. not nice. So I think David had the idea. Well, hey, in light of that, how about we do the greatest bird songs of all time? Yeah. Bird Friday, songs? Bird songs. Okay. Any type of bird, which could be. Eagles! It could yeah, be. It could be, could be doves. It, whatever. <laughs> it could be anything, any type right? of bird. That's got to be in the title of the song for our Friday Five. If you want to get in early, the number is 210-619-2053. The Friday Five bird song next right here. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins that time on Friday for our countdown to Friday 5 and it starts The countdown is on. You know what this means? It's our favorite time of the week. Anybody wants to get mellow, you can get the out of here, alright? The Friday 5 It will test your head and your mind and your brain. On the Markley, Van Camp and Robbins Show. Okay, Friday 5. fun and it could be about a holiday it could be something in the news and david you had a great idea that came out of pennsylvania well i did well so you've got uh, john fetterman the democrat running for senate out of pennsylvania uh who had a massive stroke earlier this year but if you wonder if he's fit to serve in the united states senate you're ableist because he's sharp as a tack just has a little bit of problems speaking now and again okay yes well and it seems of all the times he's had a difficult time getting a message across there's one that resonates with people it seems more than any other yeah and that would be and the eagles are so much better than the eagles yep that's my favorite. and the background of that was he was trying to pander to philadelphia fans yes and we think he meant to say steelers i don't know mm -hmm. not quite sure but a lot of people have commented on that and it's, well, been a bit of a punchline. Well, so the today Eagles are the, good. They're the only undefeated yeah. team in the NFL yeah. right now. 
So you thought, how about bird songs yeah, for the song, Friday Five? Songs with a type of bird in the title. You know, maybe he was getting to the fact that the Eagles are the only team that could actually beat the Eagles. Hmm. Like he you was see? like seven-dimension chess? <laughs> right, exactly. exactly. Okay, way ahead of everybody. That's right. God, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but the way we do the countdown, if you're new to the show, we take a song and say, okay, how big a hit or how iconic is it? And then we ask, how is it on test of time? And then how much do you personally like it? Put it all together. We got our five. And who's up first, David? Uh, let's start off with Joshua in Beaverton. Joshua. Hey there, guys. Love the, sh- love the show. Thanks, man. I appreciate uh, it. Go with, yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Steve Miller band, Fly Like an Eagle. Oh, dude. Absolutely. Number two. I want to fly like an eagle. That could have easily been number one because yeah. it was a huge hit, a test of timer. I love the song. I love the new mix. Yeah. Yeah. David with a few fresh mixes for this Friday Five. Well I like done, that. sir. Nice I felt like, well, you know, just a tip of the cap. You know, wow. that's what I wanted Good to do. stuff. Yeah, that was nice. There's one, only one song I know of could beat it. Mm. We'll get to that a little bit later, but who's next? Uh, let's go to Chris in Missouri. Hey, Chris. Mr. Van, Comp- uh, Van Camp, sir, uh, you might remember me. Yeah. So many names. <laughs> Scott, uh, Scott and uh, Jamie, if you need stories on Dave, I've got a few. Uh, <laughs> okay, please get, anyway. get his number. Yeah, leave his we, number. W- yep. We want his music. We want his original music more than anything. Yes, I do. That would be great, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry about that. Uh, let's go with Eagle Fly, Sammy Hagar. Oh, dude, absolutely. Solo, Sammy. Eagles! Eagles! All these remixes, man. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Well done, man. Very good. That's a good song. It really is, yeah. man. I've always liked that song a lot. Okay, so we have our number two. We have a great honorable mention. Who's up next, David? Uh, we got Brian and Gresham. Hey, Brian. Aloha Friday, gentlemen. Aloha, Brian. Thanks for checking hey, in, man. Hey, you know, somewhere I'm sure Rosie Perez is trying to talk with uh, a legal counsel on AOC doing a terrible impersonation of her the other day. No question. And, you know, not since Cory Booker attempted to speak Spanish during the over the ICE policies, I would like Howard Dean to scream in, you know, once again, because everybody got to have that good scream on him going to different parts of the country to label. I want to dedicate all this to Meghan Markle because this works out perfectly for number 24, Freebird. Yes. Well played. Number one. I'm as free. A Fetterman remix on certain songs, yeah. Yeah. Yes, of course. I'm trying to think, man. If Freebird is available to be included in the countdown, 
is there ever an instance it doesn't win? I think Man. there might be a possibility, but it's always going to be up there. Yeah. Iconic test of time, and I think everybody on this show loves that song. Great song. Yeah. Yes. Well, the one thing, I, a few weeks ago, I actually had my Skinner playlist going, and I nice. heard the uh, recorded version, the studio version, which I prefer mm-hmm. this live cut of it, but I heard the, the studio version for the first time in years. Listen to it all the way th- through. The unsung hero in that song really is the bass player, because that dude could have just sort of sat on single notes you know, just sort of going, but dude, he is flying up and down the fretboard. I I promise you, listen to it when it takes off with the solo guitar solos and all that. Listen to it very loud with the bass up, and you'll know what I'm talking about, man. Because that guy brings it together. Isn't it cool when a song you've heard for years, and for whatever reason you hear it in a different way you've never heard it yeah. before? Yeah, love that. It's or you very pick cool. up a guitar sound. Yes. I mean, wasn't it, was it Leon Wilkerson? Was that the guy's name? Yes. Played bass for Skinner? Okay. Just yeah. want to give props to Leon. Yeah. He had a great array of hats, too. <laughs> I can't do long division, but I can tell you the original bass player with Leonard Skinner. <laughs> now, on with the countdown. So you know yes. important things. I'm an idiot. Right. Okay. Uh, bird songs for the Friday Five. Uh, again, the number is 210-619-2053. And who's next? Uh, let's talk to Mary in Delaware. Hey, Mary. Hi, guys. Happy Friday. You too. (laughs) Thanks for checking in. Oh, thank you. And um, so today I'm going to end up going with Blackbird by the Beatles. Good call. Yes. Blackbird singing in the dead of night. Take these sunken eyes and learn to see. I'm a little surprised this is not in the five. All your life. I am too. A rare miss for Mary, but I don't blame her. For that, that's a good guess, but just barely didn't make it into the top. Okay, sometimes we review. Um, I know it was sixth for me. Yeah. Did you have it in the five? No, I would probably six for me too. David, I had it as number five. Okay, just because it wasn't a big hit. That's what hurt it more than anything. Yeah. Compared to the other stuff, I like the song. Well, I think the song that you had that you picked ended up at number five. Oh, could be. Yeah. Stone Cold Rocker. Okay, who's next? Shut up. <laughs> Let's talk to uh uh Joey in Virginia. Hey Joey. <laughs> Joey. Joey. Greetings, comrades. I'm being quiet so can listen to the road and stay safe. <laughs> <laughs> Good idea, Joey. Uh, yeah. Good. Yep. Heard that heard that tough guy Biden is joining WWE wrestling. His real really? name will be the Sniffy Grabby Grappler. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. And his tag team partner will be Janet the Werther's Muncher Yellen. <laughs> <laughs> you work the Werther's in, man. That's right. Get a tip of the cap. Yep. Oh, and by the way, when President Magoo said earlier, a billion, 200 trillion, 200 billion, he was referring to how many urine drops trickled down his leg when his mega, <laughs> mega, the pens failed. <laughs> so, Joey, what are you thinking for a bird song today? Bird song today is the, everyone's nickname for Hunter Biden, 
snow bird by Ann Murray. <laughs> there you go. Spread your tiny wings and fly away. And take the snow back with you wherever it came from on that day. What I My mom had that record. I remember. True. And if and I because that was that a big I hit. Oh, yeah. But the test of time, not so much. I don't hear Anne Murray songs anywhere anymore. You know what was weird, man? I don't want to say weird. Just surprising, I guess. When I started in country radio in like 85 or 6, mm-hmm. Anne Murray was a big artist at country radio sure. for a number of years. Crossover. Yeah. Yeah. How many times did you say, here's the Canadian songbird? Find a nickel for every DJ I heard say that. I, I didn't want to be lame like you, so yeah. I didn't have that one in the arsenal. Yeah, well, that it was on my liner card. Be lame. <laughs> <laughs> Once an hour. <laughs> it's the Friday Five. Bird songs. Okay, we still got a couple in the five to get to. Uh, the number is 210-619-2053. Bird songs for the Friday Five, and we'll wrap it up next. Robin Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. The Friday Five, we've got to wrap it up because we've got a news update to get to in the next 15 minutes. And then the Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three. <laughs> I almost said songs of the day. Well, uh, I could sing today. them, but no. Um, well, there's your number one right there for the greatest bird songs of all time. Free birds, Leonard Skinner. Fly Like an Eagle from Steve Miller at number two. We're still looking for three, four, and five. Wow. And we've had great honorable mentions from Beatles, Anne Murray, and others. And back to it, David. Let's talk to Mark in Portland. Hey, Mark. Hey, guys. Uh, happy Friday. Too, right, Mark. Mark. Thanks for checking in. Hey, uh, I was thinking of uh, Surfing Bird by the one-hit wonder, The Trashman. Crazy yeah. song. Heck Gotta yeah. be there. Number four. I went everybody's head about the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So you should probably uh, explain in case you just joined us. David had the idea to do the great bird songs of all time because of John Fetterman when he said the Eagles are so much better than the Eagles. Yes. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, so uh, he has remixed several of these songs. Yes, yes today. thank you for that. To pay tribute. All right, so we're still looking for number three and five, and who's next? Uh, we got Kathy in Seattle. Hey, Kathy. Hey. Hey, Kathy. Oh, hi. Um, yeah, I was thinking Free as a Bird, John Lennon. Oh, the Beatles song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. There's a reason that it was unfinished and never made albums. 
Are you criticizing Kathy's pick right now? No, it's fine. See, you can pick the song. Maybe, maybe you just had to be like in the business or part of the hype machine of releasing the song or something to be disappointed. I like that song. It's not my favorite, but I, I like it. I enjoy listening yeah. to it. There you go, man. That's good. You guys I'm glad David likes it. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I could see where if you're like everybody's waiting, like, oh my gosh, unreleased Beatles album, John Lennon, blah, yeah. you know, I could see how you might be a little disappointed by that, but I like the song. Well, that's a couple of different Beatles songs that just didn't make it. Blackbird was the other. Uh, David, do you want me to play number five? Do you think anybody will call? Uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, I might as well play it. Okay. And I think this was on the strength of the Robin's pick. Top correct? five record. Okay. I mean, listen, I'm not judging. It was a big hit. Number five. Kenny. Eagles! <laughs> That's the remix, especially for your romance playlist. Now it's like it, you know, like if you're watching TV at 1.30 on a Saturday night. Hey, fellas, are you alone tonight? <laughs> That that you know what it's amazing that was like a number one song at top forty. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was big. I mean, yes. Multi platinum album. Yeah. No doubt about it. All right. We're still looking for number three. Who's next, David? Uh, let's talk to Woody in Vancouver. Hey, Woody. Hey guys, love your show. I don't watch a lot of pay per view TV, but what do you think the ratings would be for a Megan versus Megan MMA style televised cat fight? Dude. I'll pay 50 easy. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm yeah, in. I'm in. I'm in, definitely. I, I'm in. <laughs> All right, how, how about Prince when doves cry? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Good call, Woody. Number three. This is what it sounds like when doves cry. What do you give that for test of time, by the way? I, Out of 10. hear it every once in a while. That's like an 8 to me. Like a 7, probably. Yeah, I would say it's got to be up there. Yeah. I remember when I first got it in the mail, I was doing Top 40 Radio. I put the needle on it and went, I don't get it. Really? It was five and a half minutes long, and I'm like, I don't get this. <laughs> it took a while. It really did. It, it grew on me, but I did, at, right out of, out of the gate, I didn't get it. Wow, that was a big song. Huge. All right, we got time for one more, Dave. Yeah, we do. Let's talk to Dave and Grant's pass. Hey, Dave. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good, Good Dave. Dave. Good. Hey, I'm going to say we're Eagles Dare by Iron Maiden. Dude, are you serious? You made my day. track from peace of mind for iron Maiden, 1983 okay um i mean it's no songbird but uh so i'm glad you called for it so that was a good five kenny g with eddie (laughs) (laughs) steve miller band prince the trashman kenny g well played good stuff okay man um and always thank you for calling in makes it so much fun this is the markley van camp and robin show and coming up, well, big story of the day is what, David, if you had to pick one? If I had to pick one, uh, it's probably, 
oh, geez, I don't know. There's so many things just flying around. We do have breaking news that the January 6th committee is demanding that Trump testify. They have issued the subpoena on the same day that we learned that Steve Bannon's going to jail for four months because he defied a subpoena from that same committee. Boy, it looks like they're that like maybe the Steve Bannon thing was a trial run, wasn't it? It seems to be so. Man, there's a lot to get caught up on. This just happened, you know, in the last hour or so. And then you've got your top three stories of the day, yep, Robbins. Yep. Yes, trifecta. Also coming up right here. This is the Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, Gen Xer, Millennial David Van Camp, and Sexy Boomer Scott Robbins. There's a lot of stuff popping, David. Whew. Yeah, well, uh, our neighbors to the north, you know, you've got uh, uh, Justin Castro Trudeau, the illegitimate son of Fidel Castro. Mm-hmm. They say allegedly, but come on, man. Look at him. He is, yeah. Well, it's in the DNA. He is absolutely yeah. Fidel Castro's son. He's got to start growing that bull weevil beard here pretty soon. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're, they've become kind of a testing ground for what liberals in this country want to do. And It's true. It's, it, it's a, like four to five years ahead, it seems. Yeah, and it's, it is frightening. Uh, and they have just made it official banning the sale or transfer of new handgun sales. Uh, they have prohibited the sale purchase or transfer of handguns within canada and it takes effect today wow uh they say well we're this builds on earlier efforts banning handgun imports now this was we talked about this back in may the handgun freeze was announced back in may alongside legislation that would implement the nation's strongest gun control measures uh in about 40 years as they're trying to tackle gun violence by making sure that people who actually go to a gun store and Mm-hmm. Legally purchased firearms can't do so. Makes sense. Okay. Yeah, it's about controlling people. Of course. Wow. It is. Well, we already saw what they did when the trucker protest in Ottawa was happening yeah. mm-hmm. uh, over vaccine mandates. I mean, they they were freezing bank accounts of yes. people. They were shutting down charitable organizations. They were threatening arrest of people who brought people gas or cans of food. I mean, well, I mean, it's been widespread, you know, during COVID. Mm-hmm. People get together at church. They're taking people away. Yeah. It's freaking nuts. And then the story of Trump today. Yeah. Well, they, they've issued the January 6th committee. That stupid thing has issued uh, formally its subpoena to get Trump to testify. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the reality is... Uh, Right now, I don't think Trump will wind up testifying because they really just have to run out the clock until January because if Republicans take over, that committee's over, along with its power to subpoena anybody. So basically, the legal wrangling really will probably happen over the next couple of months. And then, you know, uh, assuming uh, Republicans take over the House, it's going to be a non-issue heading into next year. But they're doing it. And it's very interesting that they formalize this on the same day 
that one Steve Bannon, right-wing provocateur and former Trump administration advisor, was just uh, sentenced to four months in jail for defying a subpoena from the January 6th committee. They're on the warpath to jail you, political opponents. That's what they want to do. Back at the history of this stuff, um, this is the first time in how many years something like that ha- has happened? Dude, I, I okay, so like Eric Holder, held in contempt of Congress, I, dude, former attorney general, never went to trial. I think it's just desperation. At least that's my initial thought. Yeah. And I don't know if you're trying to change the conversation off of crime the economy yeah so trump subpoenaed yeah democracy's at stake please go vote for us oh totally that's what it is they're focusing on all of that and i i do think that they are completely unaware of how much this is actually backfiring because if people are worried about the cost of groceries and the cost of gas they don't care about a riot that happened at the capitol by the time people are voting, what, almost two years ago. There's that. And I think the boys cried wolf too many times. Oh, absolutely. Oh, sure. Too many people that just say, okay, we're done. We're done listening to this nonsense. All right, Robin, you ready for your big three? Yeah, let's go, man. Okay. Let's do it. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day is this guy, Scott Robbins, got three stories of the day. Always helped by a zero. I'm Casey Kasem. Yeah. Um, so you ready? Yes. Okay. Three. Uh, number three, Biden's reason to vote for John Fetterman in Pennsylvania, uh, you're saying should just be turned around and made into a Dr. Oz campaign ad. Yeah, it was one of the more, well, again, everything was weird. Biden shows up with Fetterman. Things are weird. Uh, Biden was in Pennsylvania campaigning for John Fetterman or his wife. I don't know who's going to be the senator there. I'm not 100% sure right now. He called her yeah, he the did. senator at one right, point. Yes. But much to the surprise of everybody, Biden endorsed Dr. Oz. Well, in kind of a roundabout way. Biden yesterday, I'm going to quote Biden. He said about Oz that Dr. Oz is for undoing everything we have done. How is that helping John Fetterman? (laughs) (laughs) Right? Because the left is out there saying right now, it's just that we haven't been very good at, at reminding people how... Many great things we've done yeah. and the accomplishments. Sounds perfect, doesn't it? <laughs> Thank you <laughs> for, for undoing stumping all that. for Dr. Oz. We're getting closer and closer to number one. You know, he's got all everything I've screwed up. He's going to make it right. Can't have that. <laughs> Scott Robbins, trifecta, top three stories of the day. Two. Yeah. Boy, here's another example of how the left has completely overplayed its hand. Mm-hmm. Eight in ten voters oppose transgender procedures on minors. Yeah, the idea that young people uh, have to be 16 to drive, 18 to vote, 21 to drink, and yet you can undergo life-altering medical procedures in middle school defies common sense. We've talked about this before. And I think the American people see that. As a matter of fact, I know they do. 78.7% of voters in new polling out now believe underage minors should be required to wait until they're adults to legally use puberty blockers and undergo permanent sex change procedures. Wow, is that radical? 
21.3% of voters do not believe underage minors should be required to wait at all. So who are the extremists here? Yeah. Who are the knuckleheads? Who are the nuts, right? You know, when you say that, it reminds me of something that Biden said. To parents of transgender children, affirming your child's identity is one of the most powerful things you can do to keep them safe and healthy. Yeah. And I don't know that there were a lot of people that made much of a deal out of that. That was huge to me. Oh, I was. Are you freaking kidding me? You're saying that if your kid is confused, the best thing you can do is start with the puberty blockers because that's exactly what that means. Yeah, affirming what they think they are. Yes. Yes, that's all it means. Yep. You're right, though. That was chilling when when we first I couldn't believe it. And that was a couple of months ago, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, I mean. And it's one of those things where, okay, well, I guess it didn't affect a whole lot of people the way it did me. But when I heard it, I'm like, you got to be freaking kidding me, man. I, I think it is, though, affecting a lot of people. And a lot of people may not pay close attention to it because, let's be real, it doesn't affect a ton of people in this country. Right. But when you start hearing that schools are allowed to transition your child without telling you when there are states that are talking about having basically kidnapping plots against kids who are confused about their gender identity and sending them to California or whatever, Mm -hmm. and then you hear the advocates talk. Then you hear the activists actually talk. And there was a story related to the uh, Arkansas lawsuit uh, that's going on. This is going to be a big deal uh, where Arkansas banned gender-affirming care for minors. Mm -hmm. Common sense stuff. No, you can't have this kind of procedure on a 13-year-old. That's crazy. One of the plaintiffs has been out uh, front and center as a a family member of a trans child. And guess what? The the parent is non-binary as well. Of course. That's almost always how this rolls, man. Yes. Not exclusively, but a lot of times it's like, Oh, yeah, I'm non-binary, and my two kids are trans. Really? Doesn't seem like there was any grooming there going on at all. Yeah. You know what, man? Um, I have a piece of audio from a parent Mm -hmm. and reverend in front of a school board on this topic. This is very good. Yeah. Um, That we'll get to in a minute. But Now, on with the countdown. We have the Scott Robbins trifecta. Hang in there for that. It's great audio. Top three stories of the Mm -hmm. day from Scott. One. Number one, landscapers in California found something odd under a multi-million dollar home. This is so weird. Silicon Valley. Uh, They discovered a buried car while working on a landscaping project. Buried car. Buried car. Officers with the Atherton Police Department responded to a residence in a very tony neighborhood called Stockridge. The vehicle that they discovered was approximately four to five feet underground. And it, it, it contained unused bags of concrete. Police said a contractor said uh, it was a Mercedes. Investigators bring in cadaver dogs. The dogs uh, sniffed around because of the unknown nature. Yeah. They said the dogs made a slight notification of possible human remains. So they went through there and they couldn't come up with anything in terms wow. of human remains. $15 million, by the way, this mansion costs. And the people were going to do some landscaping work. That's how this whole thing came about. So they start digging, and they find this car. The previous owners lived in the home from 90 to 2014. But they don't know if they knew about the car being there or not. They suspect it's a 1990 version. 
of a Mercedes that was just buried in the backyard of their house. Holy smokes, man. Yeah. Some gangster stuff there, dude. <laughs> Whew. I know, but the weird thing is the concrete was in there and buried with the car. Right. Which, I don't know if they were going to push it into a lake before they decide to bury it or what the deal was. Man. But I do know the DMV in California taxes all vehicles, even if they're unmanned motor vehicles, <laughs> and they're in storage. So somebody's got a hell of a bill coming their way from <laughs> the DMV in California. Isn't that weird? Yes, it I is. I found that a bizarre story. So. Yeah, it's anyway. a wild story. And there you have there it. There you go. go. Yeah. Okay, uh, that's the trifecta. Thank you very much. As always, Scott. Thank you. You're awesome. Oh, and we'll get to that audio of the reverend and father. Uh <laughs> That's not happy with the test scores at his kid's school oh. and tired of the woke nonsense, and he lets him know it. You want to hear that? And of course, Nimrod's in the news coming up right here. Camp and Robin show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. All right, I mentioned this. It's a reverend and a father in North Carolina, Wake County. Yep. He's not happy with the school's performance, among other things. His name is John Amanshaku. I actually pulled that off. Here's him at the school board meeting. 78% of third through eighth grade black students are not proficient in math in Wake County. We're wasting taxpayer dollars putting money towards this diversity office that's not benefiting those who need it the most. And as we talk about inclusion and making sure that the trans student feels comfortable and the queer student feels comfortable, what does that have to do with reading, writing, and arithmetic? A lot of people have brought up that yeah. point. Uh huh. But if you do, you know what? Transphobe. That's right. Yeah. He goes on. As we are in, oh, as we as we are teaching cultural Marxism and grooming children to be the next pervert, we are damaging our kids in this public school system, and it needs to stop. Okay, so that went viral. People are like celebrating that boy. That's what we need more of. He ends up on Tucker Carlson show last night. I saw that. And yeah, dude, he. He is speaking it. Well, it's a shame that I have to say it, but I'm going to say it. As a father of three beautiful black children and as a youth pastor, it's my role to speak up for children of all colors and creeds. That's refreshing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Most people love hearing that. There's a new God in the land, and this God's name is diversity, equity, and inclusion. And this God forces you to bow to it and if you don't support this God, they will cancel you or and label you as a homophobe, as a bigot, or, ev or even as a white supremacist. The indoctrination in the public school system must end. Yes. Wow. A lot of people have woke up to what's going on. You feel the tide turning, and that makes us all hopeful, I think. Especially after a couple of pandemic years, depending on where you were in the country, we don't have time for this crap. No. We got to get kids back up to speed academically. Yes. 
But when you realize so many of the teachers' unions, they don't really care about the kids. It's an agenda. Because for so long, people have just thought, well, I mean, schools, and the, uh, they want the best for our kids. We might see different ways to go about it, but we all want the same thing. No, no. that's not it anymore. That, it's completely different. That line of thinking's got to end. Yep. I mean, the head of the teachers' union is in the Ukraine teaching people how to teach school remotely. Oh, my goodness. I mean. Yeah, I knew she was going no, over there. Wine yeah, garden. No, right. I mean, there's nothing to do here, right? There's no work to be done. Hey, by the way, real quick. Who was it that went to the White House today to meet with Biden you were just talking Somebody about? Somebody named Dylan Mulvaney, a trans guy who became a not just a trans woman, but a trans young girl yeah. who well, dresses like I, a young girl, talks like a young girl. And I'll just read you this. The, Dylan's rise to stardom has been media, <laughs> meteoric. A few months ago, he was an adult male with nobody to celebrate him. But since creating videos of himself pretending to be a female child prancing through forests, he's become a TikTok sensation and a cultural icon fit to sit down with the president of the freaking United States yeah, I think, who gave her a cookie today. Yeah, Ulta, I think actually, I think it was Ulta uh -huh. that had, had this dude on. I had him as like a spokesperson. Uh I legit thought I've seen clips of that video of his transformation. I legit thought until I saw the beauty marketing thing, I thought he was goofing on people. No, I seriously thought this was like this was a joke because it's so outlandish. The way he acts and talks and speaks is a cartoon. Yeah, wow. I didn't realize okay. he was legit. All right, man, we're running late. We got to get the Nimrods. <laughs> Seems like it's already started. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the News on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrods in the News. Well, I don't know exactly why a customer at a McDonald's drive-thru filmed an employee throwing a cup of ice at her. They were beefing, I guess, before this started. Made her want to actually throw ice at her so you got that and then we got this 35 year old dude in pennsylvania charged with public drunkenness and indecent exposure this is a dandy stripped naked at a gas station jumped into the ice freezer Woo! oh my no thanks and yeah, that's for all that ice away now yep.